It's Thursday, and you know what that means. It's time for the Stedman History Podcast. Here we go, it's another week. My, my, my. Feels like ages since I did the last podcast. I don't think it's been too long, really. It's not been that long. But, you know, a lot can happen in a week, and a lot can change. What have I been up to? I've been trying to start The Artist Way by Julie Cameron. I've not yet started that, but I'm, I'm going to attempt it, you know, and I'm also trying to attempt to write down my goals and all of that stuff, listening to a lot of a lot of music, a lot of hip-hop at the moment, a lot of Eric B and Rakim, and just kind of finding hip-hop influences. Like, Eminem used one of the lines from My Melody in uh, his song I'm Back and also Limp Biscuit covered a little bit at the beginning of My Way and I was like wow okay so you know it's all kind of cyclical and things are getting used and I kind of was listening to songs where Kanye West got some of his samples from from uh, the college dropout and listening to a bit of Luther Vandross listening to um, a bit of Notorious B.I.G. in relation to Hamilton and the A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R We Are Meant To Be comes from uh, a song by Biggie. And, you know, it's just, that's kind of happened. Also, listen to Prelude 1221 by AFI, which has such a sick hip-hop beat and drop. I hope you all enjoyed the episode last week when I was speaking to Lakeisha Lynch-Stevens. This week, we've got another guest because we're just going to keep the guests rolling. And this week, we have the amazing actor, writer, theatre maker, Anna Soden. She has two theatre companies. She recently set up a theatre company called Strawberry Lion. The other one is Cosmic Collective Theatre. We chat about loads of things. We met on a job at Batsy Art Centre called Return to Elm House, which we touch on during the podcast. And it goes off on many tangents. You're going to find out what inspired her to start acting, all the instruments that she plays, uh, we just kind of go off on various different tangents and it was really nice to speak to a great friend on this podcast and, you know, just kind of share just lots of different things. And I found out some stuff I didn't know because, you know, how often is it that you get to interview or speak to your friends and really kind of delve in and ask it in like a podcast sort of setting? And that's why I kind of set this thing up because I could speak a little bit in the old booth, you know, where I am, but also so I could speak to my friends and just kind of listen and hear what they had to say. So I think you are going to love this podcast this week and thanks for all the people that have been listening and yeah tell a friend make sure you tell people if you're really enjoying the podcast and subscribe to it rate it give it a couple of old ratings on apple podcasts or spotify share it on instagram share it on the little story maybe tweet about it if you're on facebook i'm not you might be you can put it on there as well and it is gonna be fun so we're just gonna go straight over to the podcast arena where i speak to the amazing anna soden stick around for a song afterwards enjoy i was gonna say but you know when you listen to a podcast and they start like halfway <laughs> through the person speaking yeah and you're like, what were they talking about before? How did they get there? Yeah, and then the person's always like, have we started now? And they're like, yeah, we're on. <laughs> right, well, we are on. This is the beginning okay. of the podcast. Oh my gosh, are we recording now? <laughs> yeah, we've, we've started. We've, it's all been recorded. It's all, it's all been there. What a smooth transition. A smooth transition into speaking with Anna Soden, actor, <laughs> writer, theatre maker. Actually, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh. 
Yeah, I mean, my Zoom cut out when you were saying my introductions. So I don't know if you've missed out like one of my occupations, uh, maybe reality TV binge watcher, um, lover of all things potatoes can do. No, I, I don't know. As I can't, as I'm, what I'm trying to say is I didn't hear what you said to introduce me. So yes, I'll introduce myself, Alex. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm an actor, theatre maker, part-time sometimes actor musician um sometimes writer uh making cool stuff with cool people very nice very nice what how many instruments do you play oh gosh i mean um so I play acoustic guitar um play trumpet and then i'm learning accordion so i'd say i half play that and then i sort of play a little bit of piano and then my love of my life at the moment is bass guitar I love it so much and did you teach yourself all of those things or yes apart from trumpet I had some lessons at school and then I get I gave it up and then I came back to it after drama school um but I think the the bass I love the most because I've literally learned it um like just in little bits and from like being on jobs to people being like, oh, can you just teach me a little bit of that song or whatever? Is it easy because you can play guitar that you, you're able to play bass? Does it kind of go? Yeah, it does. But it's really funny. I feel like it's got a really different energy. Like I've been playing guitar for about a decade and I, I enjoy it, but I've never felt like it's my instrument. I've never felt like really confident with it. And then as soon as I picked up a bass, which was like, August 2019 so not that long ago I, I just was like oh this just feels really right like I think the the like attitude of it and you just feel cool Alex you feel cool with the bass it looks it looks it does look cool one of my friends um Matt is a bassist and it and my other friend Kieran is a bassist as well it just it looks cool it looks funky and it looks just like dum 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 and yeah it feels cool and it feels dum 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 dum. Yeah, it's ace. Did you play the bass when you did Sleeping Beauty at the Liverpool Everyman? Oh, a nice transition. And no, I didn't. I, I actually picked it up uh, in that summer, at uh, the summer before that job, because I thought they might want me to. And I got there and it was literally a cast full of amazing bassists. Um, yeah, so many people who were brilliant at, at it. So they did not need me to play. But um, I got a lot of tips and tricks off them, um, particularly my friend Dan Stanton Wright, uh, who was in it. Um, whenever we had a minute in between shows, I'd be like, can, can you show me how to play the song you play here? Or like, I was always messaging him or Steph, uh, who was Steph Hockley, who was also in it, being like, yeah, what, what songs do you play on the bass? What, how do I do it? Um, so yeah. Yeah, Liverpool. Everyone does. Someone's done their research. I know. I know that was, and that was a live transition then, because I hadn't written that question. I just had it like kind of written around in like on this piece of paper. So you know, it's. But you also mentioned drama school. So where did you train? Oh, I trained at Mount View uh, on the acting course. And you were there from 2014 to 2017. Yeah, baby. So that was three years ago. And how is life been since then? How, how's it all going? Yeah, great. I mean, I think that 
um I'm one of those people I think I suit being out of education more than in it um I just think like the routine of like you've got terms and you've got like 12 weeks and then you get a week off all that kind of like knowing where you'll be in your your life it, it didn't it wasn't really for me I didn't really I also don't really like having to wake up every morning really early and being like oh this is it f- for the next three years so I think like the randomness of not being in education and being an actor and theatre person it uh, suits me mentally and also actually um lockdown suits me a bit being like oh, I don't need to get up it's really good <laughs> yeah instead of because the drama school yeah is that like waking up and thinking this is it this is like I've got to be there I've got to do this I've got to and without I suppose thinking towards the end of what what you want to do which I yeah. kind of struggled with quite a lot yeah I mean my prevailing memory of drama school is just getting up early and being like I have to be doing lower belly release at 8.30 in the morning, every morning. There's a lot of lower belly release. There is, yeah. I've, I feel like I've blocked that from, from my mind. Lower belly release in like voice work. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you remember when we were doing Elm House? Sorry, this might have been a segue you didn't want to make yet. But um, when we were doing Elm House and Kate, we were working with fantastic Kate Donaghy. And then... She just graduated uh, from drama school and she was so on it doing all her like vocal warm ups every show and doing all her semi suit fine. And I, me and you were looking at her like, ah, oh, I remember that. <laughs> Don't yeah. That. Yeah. I always oh, love a bit of semi suit fine. Oh, and sometimes you could just be lost in it for hours, just lying there and yeah, trying to not fall asleep. That would always be the bit where I get really tired. You know, at drama school where they'd be like in semi suit fine and you'd be like, oh, and the legs would start to shake. And then yeah. you'd almost be like, keep, keep, keep it together. Like try and stay awake, try and stay awake. Do you see a lot of people did from you... Mountain View? Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Sorry, I was going to say, um, did you ever in movement classes, you know, like improvise movement, they'd be like, just do what your body wants to do. Just follow the impulse. And everybody was always doing like crazy wacky things with all their limbs and like jumping and like stretching. And I'd be like, my body always only wants to lie in semi-supine. Like that is all it wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Like it's got, I'd always do like, I'd always want to do a backwards roll. I think that would just be like my kind of go-to move. I'd be like, my body wants to just do a backwards roll. You know, even now, even now I want to do a backwards roll. I want to be in a rehearsal room to just do a backwards roll. And then I'd be like, I'm done. I'm done. Goodbye. Class completed. Yeah. Tick. Tick that. I wanted to talk about your theatre company that you said. Well, you've got there are two theatre companies that you're part of. Cosmic I Collective do. and Strawberry Lion. Yeah. Um, so Cosmic Collective happened, uh, began uh, 2018, I want to say, um, with my partner, Joe Feeney, and uh, Katie Creswell and Lewis Roberts, who are um, two people who were below me uh below me <laughs> below me is <laughs> no they were in the year below me at drama school um so uh yeah we we all um kind of came together because joe had written this play kind of with all of us in mind to do these specific characters um 
and it's a comedy so like the kind of quirky funny things that our characters do it sort of we sort of share those mannerisms in real life a little bit like uh, my character does really 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 long stories with like quite a lot of pointless details which I do a bit in real life um so yes we came together to make uh this show Heaven's Gate that Joe had written and we've done it loads of places we've we've done it on a barge we've done it under a cinema <laughs> we've done it in London and then we did like a tour of um theatres in Yorkshire at the beginning of 2020. And then you managed to go you can you you did a show in September didn't you or around that sort of yeah, time yeah. the end of the summer? So we so part of our tour um in January we did it at York Theatre Royal and then after lockdown uh York Theatre Royal were doing a um like a season of work outside and we got invited back to do the show but on a stage outside which was so uh it was such a different experience because it, it's a, basically a studio show and was never intended to be outdoors but we we had little radio mics and we kind of re-blocked it for this really small space uh and it was a really crazy experience because um it was raining on the day and it's outside next to a really yeah. busy work and everyone's wearing masks um I mean, it's a comedy so like you just can't hear anybody laughing so the whole time we were just also because by that point we'd done it so many times on our tour you kind of know when the laughs come yeah and then hear nothing I was kind of going through the, the show being like everyone hates this this is going terribly and then we just got like the most warm response from it afterwards but just couldn't hear it at the time Oh, that's a, yeah, because I was going to say about that. What was it like performing? That must have been really strange. Could you see people's like, I suppose you can only see like half of their face. So did it just look like yeah. a lot of faces that were like looking quite stern, not stern, but like eyebrows or like. To be honest, we couldn't even see that because they all had their masks on, but then they all had cagoules because it was a downpour. So oh, yeah. It was like just these little like tented people. You could kind of see their eyes and that was kind of it. Um, so bless them all for sitting in the rain for an hour and it was literally a downpour so that's oh. great that's great that they uh yeah they came along and then they stayed do you, do you think you're are there any plans to do the show again I mean at the moment it's difficult because we're all based all around the country and obviously with Covid it's kind of difficult to get everybody together and travel together safely I would hope uh we would do it again I don't think I don't think it's um a closed book, Heaven's Gate. I mean, we all love performing it so much. And uh, it's one of, I think we all said it actually, that it was, it's one of the funnest times we've all had on stage. Um, just cause we're all mates and and it's, it is such a funny script that it is kind of like just so enjoyable to do. So yeah, I hope we can, hope we can do it again. Yeah, and it really shows, well, it's a great show and it really shows that you're all friends because you can just kind of get that vibe and that relationships and everything. So, yeah. Um, what? So, That's crazy. I forgot that that was in London, wasn't it? Yeah. What, yeah, I don't even know. Where, when was that? That was September 2018, 19? Yeah, maybe 2019, September 2019. Yeah. 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 Uh Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. I really enjoyed it. After performing 
Heaven's Gate for a masked audience. Did that help you in your preparation and performing of York Theatre Royal's Travelling Panto? Wow, fantastic transition, Alex. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it really did actually. Um, I mean, just in terms of uh, when we did our first previews of the Panto and everyone was kind of like, oh, I thought it would be more raucous and <clears throat> everyone would be more uh, loud than this. And I was like, guys, chill. I've been in a play where nobody laughed. <laughs> yeah. No, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, it did. It is a different, it's a different um, situation as an audience member, isn't it? Because you're sat, you know, you can't, you just kind of feel like you can't, make as much noise I think because of the masks and obviously they're like emitting uh water droplets and stuff um we had like a really interesting time in the rehearsal room with Panto because uh you're not allowed to encourage the audience to like shout out and to sing um okay because of water droplets and stuff so um when you'd usually have like a sing-along they they replaced it with like a um, dance along like with your feet like sat down dancing so there was clever ways around it but it was a, a very different kind of show I think yeah yeah how so how did the audience how did the audiences respond do they do they I, enjoy it were they really good they loved it and it was so it was it, it's so cliche and I'm actually so bored of saying it and hearing it but people were so excited to be um back watching live theatre and like being in a room with other people and watching a show that's really silly and, and fun and, and like no other agenda it is just a, it's a nice place to be. Um, yeah, people loved it and got really emotional. I think um, there was like an, a really grand overture where they did like amazing lighting on the, um, the cloth and it was all like build, building up. And I've got to say that the first time we did that to an audience, I was all like choked up. And then I was like, I can't be choked up. I've got to go and play the trumpet now. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, so what instruments did you play? It, oh no, yeah. I wanted to say first of all, it is really emotional, isn't it? Just any time being in a theater now or making something or watching it is just really emotional. Like it's just one of those things where you're just like, even if you don't think it's gonna be, it starts and then you're like, oh, it's got me. It's just got me. Um, totally. So you played the trumpet in that. Did you play, so it was, I don't know too much about it. Can you say a little bit about the show? I don't know too much about it other than it's a panto and you were traveling. Yeah, sure. I mean, essentially that's what it was. It was um, kind of a scaled down panto. So there was five actors instead of like a huge ensemble. So there wasn't any like dancers or whatever. And um, there wasn't a live band. It was just tracks uh, made by this amazing man called James Harrison and uh, me playing live to the tracks. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it was like a 90 minute, no, maybe, maybe 70 minute, <laughs> 70 minute show. So it's just a panto straight through. Um, yeah, essentially a, a normal panto, but with only those like five, uh, big characters. So you've got like the principal boy slash girl, the, the comic, the dame, the baddie, and then the fairy, which was me. Amazing. That's really cool. That's mm. great. I really like that. Oh yeah, about your theatre company, Strawberry Lion. Which... Yeah. Um, 
so that happened a few months ago because um, during the whole lockdown situation, I've been meaning to kind of um, yeah make some work on my own for a while. Um, and because of Cosmic Collective being so far away, just location wise, I thought it was a good opportunity. So um, I put in my first solo Arts Council bid, which was yeah. the most stressful month, maybe two months of my life. <laughs> it was so stressful and so busy. Uh, but I was shocked to my core that I was successful and got some funding. Um, That's amazing. So yeah. Yeah, so I set up Strawberry Lion um, just kind of as a platform for uh, my work, really. So <clears throat> there's two shows that um, Strawberry Lion are doing at the moment. One is a show called Mad for Our Daughters, which me and my friend Harriet Forgan are writing, and it's like a folk musical. And, um, yeah, we did a scratch of that in Leeds in September, so we're kind of hoping this year to, to build on that. And then the other show is an adaptation of Five Children in It. Uh, except there's not five children, it's just me. Amazing. I don't really know Five Children and It. And in the time I had to do this podcast, I was like, I don't think I can read it. What's five? I do know Five Children in It. Is is does it could you tell us a little bit about Five Children and It and how you'll be playing all five children? And we also be playing it. Good questions. Yeah, Five Children in It is a really fantastic kids book by E. Nesbitt, who wrote The Railway Children and loads of stuff. And essentially, it's about... Uh, this is so funny because I had to make a promo video for it in the R&D rehearsals. And um, Stan, who was making it, he was like, OK, just tell me what it's about. And I was like, it's about five children and it. And, and then I, I kept laughing and and then... I'd have to keep going back to the top and I kept being like so it's about five children and it and he he was like please 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 stop saying it's about five children <laughs> um so basically five children go to a beach and they discover this magical creature which is it who um grants them wishes and all the wishes kind of go a bit wrong in a in a fun way um, so that's the story. So I'll be playing all five of them because I'm an egomaniac. Um, no, because um, that's the most COVID safe thing to do at the moment. Um, but it's actually, to be honest, it's told my adaptations told from one of the children's point of view. And no, I will not be playing it because it is a very, very fantastic three foot puppet. Three foot. That's quite high, isn't it? That's like a big puppet. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was huge. I carried it home and I got some funny looks. What does it what does it look like? Can you describe what it looks like? Or is that gonna be revealing all? Well, no, because I don't think this will give you a clearer idea. It sort of looks like um a monkey bat alien baby Yoda. Uh yeah. Okay, that was great because you also had like a really nice um, like freeze on Zoom then. So as soon as you started saying like monkey alien, it was almost like some weird kind of like government conspiracy thing that you couldn't actually come out with the words. I liked it. So it's like a monkey alien baby Yoda. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think if you see a picture of it, you might be like, well, that doesn't look like any of those things. But I guess that's the point. It is kind of meant to be 
Um, it's meant to be the opposite of what you think a fairy is because it, it's called the sand fairy. That's the, the creature. So if you think of a fairy, which is like just sweet and lovely and beautiful, then this creature is meant to be kind of the opposite and a bit gruffer and lives under the sand and stuff. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but my career is mostly dominated by fairies of some description. There are a lot of fairies, aren't there? Mm. Yeah, that's great. Just keep keep playing the fairies. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm, whenever I come to type it out on my spotlight, I'm like, ah, here we go. Another fairy, another day. Another day, another fairy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> did you think that you were going to like end up somewhere better than you did just then? I did. I really thought there's got to be something there's got to be something that I can come out with that could like I couldn't think of any fairy cinnamons cinnamon cinnamon fair enough oh that's good that's good (laughs) that's good that would have been good wouldn't it like something to do with that have you seen this has got nothing to do with anything but have you seen the like the fairy liquid bad baby like the baby's now bad have you seen those adverts like I don't I don't think that's good advertising because like, I don't want a bad baby cleaning my cups. Yeah. Like, why is it like bad baby? And it's really weird. And it has like a bad baby, like fairy bad baby leather jacket. Yeah, I'm not into that. I get quite annoyed about adverts just because they they cost so much money, obviously, that when I watch them, I'm very, very, very critical of if it's a good advert or not. Like, I hate the ones of the horses running on the beach for uh a bank a bank i'm just like why does that make me want to bank with you like it doesn't yeah i i am quite keen on like a slow acoustic version of like a famous pop (laughs) oh no you're one of them oh i think it was the mcdonald's one that was like this is the rhythm of the night oh yeah i actually love that advert and oh my gosh how nice and warming does mcdonald's food look in that advert do you know what is another fantastic advert, which was a couple of years ago, is the one which is like, oh, it's all blustery and cold outside and you're blown over by all the rain and you're all cosy and warm and you forget it all because of some nice Heinz tomato soup. Ah. Have you yeah. seen them? <laughs> I think it's the, ah, at the end where it's like, oh, yeah, that's great. And she like her glasses like steam up because it's all warm. And I'm, oh, yeah, get me some soup. I do like Tesco food adverts. You know, the ones which are like grandma's chicken soup or whatever. <laughs> and uh, my friend Faye was actually in one in lockdown. Um, so that is impressive. I can't it, like book in a, and film in a job in lockdown. Fair play. That is great. Is Does the food that she advertised, is it like... Faye's fantastic for heaters, or have they given her a character name? No, I don't think she's the person. So I've, I mean, have I seen the advert? I feel like I've seen it. It's it's someone else's food, and they're like zooming her to be like, look at the food I've made. But okay. I'll tell you that they are not the real names of the people because I knew someone else who did a Tesco advert, and they it was like Lee's. Um, Lee's I don't know nachos and he was not called Lee so would peek behind the curtain there Alex oh you know I was about to say I was about to make a another thing 
and like another name thing i was going to say not my real name nachos <laughs> like a little <laughs> call on tesco and be like that's what you should call it guys come on yeah that feels like one of those spoof like um things that you'd see on like a billboard where someone's done like some fake advertising be like not my real name nachos don't shop at tesco <laughs> you're like oh they got really angry all of a sudden that's why they pay you the big bucks my friend that is that is why i'm getting those big bucks so you've done a bit of shakespeare <laughs> that was a crazy transition <laughs> well we were talking about plates and food yeah. And you did Romeo and Juliet with China Plate. Ah, okay. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, I've actually played Juliet twice since I've left drama school. So I know that show pretty well. But um, when I came back to it with China Plate, I was like, this is great. I won't have to relearn my lines. But obviously it's Shakespeare. So it was like an entirely different cut. So yes, I did have to relearn my lines. And it was actually harder because there was like in big monologues where I'd like cut a chunk out before they'd like inserted the chunk back it back in, but then it had cut to another bit. So yeah, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. Yeah. Well, and that was there was music in that as well, wasn't there? Hey, you saw that as well. Oh, you're such a good friend. You've seen so many of the shows I've done. I have, yeah. I saw that. That was at the Albany, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We rehearsed there and then it opened there and then we toured the UK, baby. Um, and yeah, there was music in that. That was, again, a kind of similar thing with the panto I just did is that I was the only one playing um, music. And in Romeo and Juliet, I was the only one singing. Uh, so I found it quite nerve wracking just doing that on my own. Um, but I worked with this amazing woman called Ella who composed all the songs and she uh she kind of like coached me slash musical directed me so like she she made me rehearse the songs like with the electric guitar like jumping around the rehearsal room like and um she was she was like oh when whenever you put your guitar on think like fuck you fuck you like that'll get your energy like she was great so I felt like so empowered after that job it was great I love that that's so good just that like yeah just that freedom to like jump around and to have that going through your head as well yeah. when you're doing that and I was really nervous and she she was like well what's your spirit animal and I was like huh and she said she's got a little wolf on her shoulder who when when she's like nervous the wolf's like you've got this you've got this and so I had a little eagle being like you got this you got this um yeah, so she she imparted loads of stuff. It was it was really fun, um, really fun job, and it was especially um, good she was there because I was the only girl, so I kind of needed to um, up my, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was good uh, to have support. I mean that she was there. Oh yeah, because it was a cast of three, five, five, five. five. Yeah. It's good that we were all so memorable to you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was not going to say that because, no, everyone was. Everyone was. I just couldn't. Hey, yeah. it was a one oh, Alex. It's fine. <laughs> it was. It was a. It was a different. It was a different world. I was sat so close <laughs> to people in there. I think. I think Lakeisha had to sit on the floor amongst the kids. 
<laughs> that is a classic. Oh, that was nice. We went for beers afterwards, didn't we? Yeah, in that really cool little bar that was next to the station. Oh, yeah. I love those places that have, like, the beer taps, like, on the wall, like, on, like, a tiled wall. Oh. I think so, yeah. I also love just even down to when they grab the glass and then, like, they water it or they wet it. You know, they put it on and that kind of... And then a little... A little two-thirds of a pint. Oh, yeah. How the world can change. The world can change, but we can still have our acting idols and people who inspire us to continue our craft. Who inspired <laughs> you, Anna Soden? Oh, good question, Alex Soderman. Um, okay, well, I don't want to be annoying, but I'm going to be. And I would say my friends inspire me, really, to be honest. My friends do. Um, yeah, I've got just mates who are really talented and nice and I look up to that you know um so yeah um who else do I think is really good uh nobody just my friends (laughs) that's good (laughs) that's good it's good to have good friends and friends that inspire you where did we meet oh Alex we met the auditions for return to Elm House and I'm actually going to find the date because I wrote it down not not I didn't write it down at the time like wow I met Alex what an amazing day (laughs) did you write it down for today no I I wrote I've got like a memory book so I write like every day I have to write what I did I think it was September the 30th yeah I think it was and um we met at BAC in the beautiful back room bit back room makes it sound rubbish but it's like an amazing (laughs) place it's beautiful and yeah at the audition for return to elm house which i found really stressful it was one of those auditions when everyone else was like oh my gosh this is such a fun day and i was like this is really uh high pressure i'm not enjoying this um but then surprisingly got the job so that was good yeah and they oh no we they didn't tell us on the day did they but they phoned us a couple of days later they kept cutting us through the day. And I remember that I just kept being like, oh, I'm going to get cut. Like, I, I usually back myself, but I didn't think it was going that well. So I was very surprised to get to the end of the day. And then they called us. Yeah. Yeah. And can you explain the job? What we did? Uh, I can. Yeah, we did a great show called Return to Elm House at the Battersea Arts Centre. Um, winter 2018 set, set the scene it's winter 2018 there's leaves all over the Battersea Art Centre and basically um, it was like a part uh, traditional Christmas show part immersive um, teaching facilitating adventure about um, feminism and the first civil servant female civil servant who um, lived on the BAC site so it was incredible. It was a great project. Um, I think it was a really cool show. And it was such a special group of people who we still all have a lovely time chatting to now. So that's Ace. Wow, that was really good. That was <laughs> really, yeah, clear and concise way. I think I'd have, yeah, I think I'd have got confused halfway through about the plot. And yeah. I'd been talking about like little dens and sticks. And I'd have yeah. been very... <laughs> So many times in the last couple of years, I've been trying to explain it. And I'm like, yeah, there was like 
um, sticks, but they're more like branches and they vibrate, but they vibrate like when you mean, if you point them in a direction and then you like swipe your watch on a sensor and then they vibrate when the kid's holding them and everyone's like, well, that sounds, why? But it was really good. Yeah, and as, as soon as like you're kind of telling the story, you're like, I'm just getting, I'm just setting the scene, I'm setting the scene and they're vibrating sticks and everyone just goes, what? And then you're like, no, 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 no. And it's, story just ends there, really. And we had to, um, there was like information about the Victorian times and workhouses in the box, which we'd like be like, oh, we've discovered it. Let's read it together. And then we talk about it. But I remembered the other day that on one of my shows, for some reason, the information about the workhouse just wasn't in my box. Um, so I did like, I was like, oh, wow. I mean, all there is here is this, pearl necklace wow that, that that really makes me think of workhouses <laughs> <laughs> what do you think kids like what do you think workhouses were like in the victorian times <laughs> it's like just that transition i made earlier that just didn't make any sense you're just like <laughs> the plate on, look, look at this yeah the plate one look at this what do you reckon about workhouses aren't they shit Anyway, I got through that, but like, do you remember that we had like 40 minutes or something to do the, both our dens? And um, I got back to the room ready to like do the end of the show, maybe like 25 minutes before any other groups. Um, I just kind of had to kill time for about 25 minutes. I can't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we had to get back and then wait for like, because it was like an immersive kind of thing, wasn't it? And there was there were times as well where we had to be like we had to set our watches and be back in a certain time. And I mean, I don't know how people do all those shows that constantly where they know what time is what. Because I found it stressful oh, all the gosh. time. Also, I've got to say, I don't think that we were that good as a cast of like keeping to the time. There was probably like fifteen minutes like leeway between like the first group back and the last group back I don't think that's shade on us I just think like it's super difficult if you're like okay the floor is yours kids what do you want to say about workhouses and they all just go off on one or they yeah. won't and then I'll just have to talk about it <laughs> yeah and then you're kind of listening and they're sort of talking you're like mm-hmm mm-hmm <laughs> can we hurry the, can we hurry this up a little bit because we've got places to be and we've got other rooms to see I know it's fun but come on time is money Time is money. Time is money. Another day, another fairy dollar. <laughs> I was a fairy in that one, though, so that doesn't work. That's true. That is true. There was no. You were the understudies, so do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, we were. We didn't. We didn't go on because no one was ill back back then, so we were we were fine. It was the before times when people didn't get colds. Or COVID. Yeah. Or if they did, there was that kind of keep going kind of weird sort of attitude, wasn't there? Like if you got ill, it was like, you just got to keep going and going and going and going and going. Yeah. I'm glad that's kind of going because last Christmas when I was at Liverpool, I was quite, um, I had poorly poos basically, Alex. I had poorly poos. And I remember being like, I can't go off. Like you can't, you can't do that. And I was fine and it was okay. But you know what? In the future, I hope we live in a world where we feel like, actually, I've got poorly poos. I can take a show off. Yeah. 
because otherwise everyone can everyone can get your poorly poos. Yeah, I mean they didn't, and it was fine, but it could have not been. Yeah, it could have turned out really shit. Literally, um, but also I was in a harness flying, so I could have done a poo from a <laughs> very high. <laughs> The splatter zone, which brings the splash zone. The splash zone. <laughs> the manure mile. Very good. Okay, go on. It's not actually manure though. If it's human, is it? I don't know. No, I think manure's horse, isn't it? Yeah, I think ours is quite dangerous actually. Like, I don't think you can kind of. Um, use it for anything yeah probably not because <laughs> it could make you go blind i think yeah that's dog poo as well mixture. oh but that has um it's going to move me on nicely to uh are you still writing your poo play oh that's a great transition um no i was writing it a bit in lockdown i kind of changed the uh frame of the piece but the actual like content was kind of similar but i do you know what? I'm a bit in a bad place with it at the moment because I just applied it to so many things and people are just really alienated by a play about poo, basically. And nobody wants to fund it or support its research, as it turns out. So if anyone's listening who wants to support the poo play, hit me up. Um, yeah, I might head back to it later in the year, but I just felt a bit dejected. I kind of needed a break away. But because of... Um, I was procrastinating from doing work from it. And in the process of that, I wrote Mad for Our Daughters, which um, turns out to be a really lovely thing that's not really about poo. So, you know, good well, things good. can grow from manure. That is, that is excellent. <laughs> that is, um, I was going to ask you about uh, Mad for Our Daughters. So that's brought us nicely into it and linked in with the poo. I did want to touch back on the poo because of mm -hmm. that, well, it's not your story, is it? But it was a story that you were told about someone, about poo. I was in Oxford in the pub with, do you know Chris Thorpe? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. And I yeah. just seen, did his show with China Plate. It's fantastic. Anyway, um, so I'd seen that and I was in the pub with him and saying how much I enjoyed it. And he was like, oh, well, are you writing anything? And I was like, yes, I'm writing a play about poo. And I thought he would be like, okay, strange. Let's move on. But instead he said, oh, I've got a fantastic story you should add into it. Um, basically, if I remember correctly, his friend was in love with someone and they left them. And the only thing that they'd left in the apartment of them, apartment, flat, flat, uh, of them was a little skid mark in the toilet and they put their finger um, they like went how do I describe it sort of scooped up the skid mark on their finger and ate it <laughs> <laughs> and I said that's not true that is a great story it's got everything love rejection poo <laughs> See, this is why, like, why is nobody picking up the play about poo? Honestly. Um, I know. Because that story is kind of like the emotional climax of the show, really. You should just make it yourself, put it online, do a Zoom reading. What else could we, we could say about our friendship? 
Um, well, I'm proud that you started this podcast because you remember we went to the pub once after Elm House in like the first weeks I was rehearsing Romeo and Juliet, actually. And we talked for maybe like seven or eight hours in that pub. And I was like, oh my gosh, start a podcast. And you'd done it. I know. It took me about, took me about a year, two years, a year and a bit. But as soon as I got this microphone, I was like, I've got to do a podcast. And, and then I was like, I need to have people on this podcast because otherwise it's just me chatting for a long time. Oh, well, it's nice, nice to chat, um, chat to you in this public domain. Yeah, for everyone to hear. I mean, we went off, we went off on, uh, on a few tangents and... No, we... Like, <laughs> no, it was all um, there. It was all written down. I was like, everything that we talked about, I was like, yeah. It's actually all scripted, including the um, bits where the Zoom broke and the bit when I had to say, hang on, I'm recording. That bit, that bit was great because that really took me back to like, I, I just love that, like, that the, you know, that the difference when you're like, if you're on the phone, you're like, I'm having a great time. I'm on the phone. Then you're like, could you shut up over there? Hi, I'm back. <laughs> you do that with self tapes. I get so quickly raging. I'll be like doing my tape. And then I hear a little noise. I instantly switch. I'm like, all right, nobody can make a sound. The dog can't move. I can hear everything. Stop. Yeah. It, it feels like, yeah, the only moment of probably feeling a bit like a spoiled child of being like, I'm doing my taping. I'm doing my thing now. Could we just be quiet? Revert right back to it. Today I, I filmed one which I didn't have any sound on, so that was that was okay. But um, even on the, the like introducing myself bit, I was fuming. I heard doors slamming, and I was like, "Why can you just not make any noise for twenty seconds while I say my name and location?" Yeah, you just got to try. Yeah, you got to get it out, plaster on that fake smile. Uh, let me wrap this up. No, you can wrap. It up. <laughs> For having me, Alex, I've had a great time. Uh, you're a very special person to me. I respect you. I think you're very good at um, home workouts and um, very good vegan. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. It has been amazing having you on there, uh, on there, on here. <laughs> on this on this podcast platform thank you for coming along today it's been really good speaking to you about your amazing career and i wish you all the best with uh five children and it and mad for our daughters thank you and all the best for the future and hope that veganuary is going well thank you it is with your support and i wish all those things for you but 10 times better i win <laughs> I hope you play all the fairies and have loads of poos. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. How fun was that? What an amazing podcast. It was such a great opportunity to speak to Anna. And you can follow Anna on Twitter at Anna A. Mabel. Strawberry Lion can also be followed on Twitter at A Strawberry Lion. You can follow me on Instagram at History Creator or on Twitter at Alex Stedman. Let's stick around for a little Sloppy Joe song. This is Stranger Than Fiction. Have a great week.
Cheeky madam and zoo with passion Being punked as fuck and laughing Jumping in water pools and records Smoking weed and fly You're threatening, you're denying Take it to my head This summer will never be dead This summer, let's make it Stranger than Stranger than fish 